All right, so we are on AC training class number two of ten. So as far as how your week went, Mary, any discoveries or really neat things you want to share or any questions that you have that have come to mind? Well, first I want to apologize and tell you I really had meant to do homework. Um, I ended up Monday night after our class um, in the hospital, well, in the ER. I have... I had, a couple years ago, had a heart attack, and so they had said at that time that I could continue to have them because I have small arteries, et cetera. So anytime I have really bad chest pains, I have to go in. Well, they couldn't find anything, but I was there all night, and that kind of set my week. So I didn't get the homework done. But when I read your homework page again yesterday, it was so nice and gentle, and I plan on doing that this week in addition with um, week two. But what I did do as the week went on later in the week is I went back over the replay and took notes over the things that you had said um, because I found when you were talking to me, I knew that there were some really what I call special things being said, messages to me, mm-hmm. but I couldn't get them all down. So I, I went through them all again and felt like that was extremely helpful, like extremely helpful. And I realized that what you're doing with this and I think all animal communicators try to do it to a degree, but for me, you're really doing this for me, is it isn't just about animal communication. It's tying in the whole spiritual self. Mm-hmm. And so the way you talk fits very well with my um, mode of learning, I guess. Okay. And so things that, again, like the grounding, like, oh, yeah, well, everybody grounds. But the way you explained it and... It, I got it. The way you explained about um, doubting how it sets up blocks, and blocks mean you're in your head, not in your heart. That whole thing about head and heart really um, spoke to me. In a way, now I've got something I can grasp and use because I didn't quite realize that's what I, I – well, I knew I was in my head, but I wasn't sure what else to do but be in my head. You know, they say get out of your head, but I didn't know where to go. So yes. now I know where to go with the, and the simple breathing. So that was um, that was really good. Uh, well, in fact, all of it, all the different pointers, the way you expanded them, um, I liked a lot. So I've got all these points and things. So I thought every so often I'll re- read over them because it just kind of calmed me down. It just kind of said, you know, think who you are, you know, getting that presence as you talked about. Um, so, yes. Uh, so I thought, even though I didn't practice, it was, and I know it's very important to practice, um, this first part was very valuable for me. Yeah. Excellent. Well, it sounds like you got out of this past, you know, the last class during this week exactly what you needed. So you're in the right place doing the most perfect thing for you. So awesome. <laughs> Good. All right. And do know the deep breathing too, Mary, can it be applied at any stage of your life, anywhere, whether it be related to animals or not. You know, yeah. um, if you need to get centered because there's something that's worked you up, whether it be a physical condition or something, you know, somebody said that set you off, we've all got our own triggers regarding that, Arita, for sure. Um, but you know that you can always breathe yourself down to centeredness because nothing can hurt you or harm you when you're centered Nobody's words of unkindness, nobody's little, you know, pokes and jabs. Uh, We are, when we're centered, we're in alignment with ourselves, and that is the most safest, peaceful place that we can be. Okay? Okay. 
All right. Excellent. Well, then, let's go ahead and we're going to just continue our learning. Now, my sense is you don't need to do a guided exercise, um, but I'll check in with you anyway. What is your awareness on that? Do you want me to do a quick guided meditation with you, or do you feel pretty grounded already? No, I still would like one. Okay. No problem. Because I think this time, last time when you did it, um, which actually I recorded on my phone because I thought when I do it, I'm going to play it back. Um, but you did a lot of explanation, which is good. And I'm thinking maybe this time you might not explain as much. Right, so. won't be necessary, exactly. Well, let's do this together then. So let's both of us go ahead and take a deep breath. And as we close our eyes, go ahead and just sit yourself within the core of your body. Sit back and relax within you. As you bring that breath down into your heart space and you relax within, get a sense of how you feel in your muscles. Is your musculature tight, loose? Just notice. And get a sense of how you're holding your spine. Are you leaned forward, back, or askew somehow? And if you need to reorient your spine, your body, in order to get into yet a more relaxing space, go ahead and do so now. Because remember, when we're physically relaxed in our body, our mentality, our brain, our mind relaxes as well, which allows our energy field to relax, which allows us to naturally open into being calm and centered and present. That's the easiest space to be in when communicating. It's quite frankly the easiest space to be in when moving through life as well. Now bring your awareness to your heart space and see if you can sense your entire being. Sense your aliveness within your body. Notice any emotions that might be there for you right now. And if there are any emotions there other than peace, Acknowledge them, thank them for being present, and allow them to just dissipate so that all you're left with is a sense of peace. And go ahead and invite some of your own energy to cascade out through the bottoms of your feet, through the floor, into the earth, wrapping with total gentleness and ease around the core of the earth, which is just a reminder that we're connected to her and vice versa. It's good to be in oneness with the earth and in oneness with all because in this greater scheme of things, being part of the web of life and acknowledging we're part of the web reminds us that we can access any information on and in the web. We're not disconnected or separate. Now just bring your awareness back to your heart space and I want you to expand out. It feels so good not to have to contract our energy fields around us. So expand your energy to fill the room that you're currently in and fill it to fill your state, the USA, the northern and then southern hemispheres, all aspects of Mother Earth within and also out all around us, up to the sky, past the clouds, the sun, out into the atmosphere, where it is done, 
It is done. It is done. Deep breath and feel your connection with all. And you can open up your eyes. How do you feel, Mary? Good. I think I'm grounded. Excellent. I know you're grounded because I can see you. (laughs) Very good. All right. So today I want to talk about sending and receiving thoughts, what the process looks like if we were to add words to the whole energetic process of it. And, of course, this is a very simple version. So if you imagine yourself as being like a radio tower, radio towers transmit radio waves, you know, music, speakers talking, etc. If you are a radio tower, with every thought you think, you are actually putting out thought forms in all directions from around you, not just towards a particular being you might indeed be speaking to or trying to speak to in that moment, but it's actually radiating out in 360 degrees direction. When we're not purposely trying to connect with anybody or an animal, what happens to those radio waves is any being, whether they be on the planet, in body, or in spirit form, someone we know, or a being we've never met, maybe on the other side of the planet, who happens to be in the vibrational alignment, if you will, or a vibrational focus, tuning into that particular vibration, they can access our thoughts. It is not considered eavesdropping. It's rather, in the oneness of all, there's no secrets amongst one one another, and so we are completely in balance. It's not unbalanced to hear another's thoughts. Um, As far as when you're thinking, thinking, thinking to another being as well, Every thought you think that goes out from you is wonderful and great, but if you want to receive a thought from another being, it's very important to turn your own thoughts down or better yet off because what that does is you create a void or a space around you, around you, the radio tower, in order to receive the reception of another being's thoughts as they're emitting them. Okay? What happens with a lot of beginners in the beginning is they'll do this, and I'm going to demonstrate this as a way of what you do not want to do when you're in communication with an animal. So I'm going to kind of um, make this as extreme and as silly and ridiculous as it sounds, but to get my point across. So pretend I'm talking with a dog right now, and I'm going to voice all these what normally would be telepathic thoughts in my mind to the dog out loud so you can hear. I might call the dog's name a few times in my head, Dog, dog, dog. Okay, I get a sense that the dog is aware of me, so I'm going to continue on. So, dog, can you describe to me your personality? Okay, am I going to really get this, I might think to myself. Did that dog just hear my question? Maybe I need to say it again. Dog, what is your personality? Maybe if I say it louder, the dog will hear me. I'm twiddling my thumbs. I'm not getting anything. Dog, tell me again, what's your personality like? Can you describe yourself? And I'm not getting anything back. And I might, as a student, say, teacher, I'm not getting anything. And the teacher may tune in and say, okay, part of it is you're missing the step of when you ask the question of the animal, what's your personality like? You're missing the step of going into immediate silence afterwards, which creates that void or space for you then to be open enough to receive a thought back. If all you're doing is thinking, thinking, thinking to the animal, and some of those thoughts include worry and doubt about your own 
process about you and your own stuff coming up, you're just getting in the way of any reception the animal might be trying to be sending because you're, you're blocking it. There's no space for it to come through. Does this make sense, Mary? Yes. A lot okay. of sense. Yeah. Now, the, go ahead. Now, I had heard the radio tower comparison, but again, it wasn't explained about this whole, when you demonstrated asking a question and then going, is he getting it, is he not getting it? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> too. <laughs> yes, it is. It's what a lot of communicators do in the beginning, and that's what I did at one point, too. So here's the next question beginners tend to ask. They said, okay, well, I ask the question, I go into silence. How much silence do I need to be in, or how long does it need to be in order to receive the information back from the animal? Well, info back from the animal occurs with lightning fast speed more times than not, which means you really only need to be in silence to perceive their information back about a second or less, sometimes only a quarter of a second. And you know what? I know you, Mary, can create a quarter of a second or even a second's worth of silence because we humans tend to do that naturally when we think in our minds to ourselves anyway. If we're dictating a story to ourselves or we're thinking about a past memory, we tend to think in sentences or we revert, re, um, relive, if you will, uh, the words that somebody said to us. And between every single word is a pause or a break in our mind. In other words, we think like we speak. So sure. I know there's a quarter of a second <laughs> available to you. So what you want to do with that quarter of a second is see if you can expand it to a little bit longer than that. And I'll tell you, the average person can do it to five seconds or, you know, five to ten before their mind tends to kick in. And everybody's slightly different in that, but I bet you could do five seconds. What I like to tell students is you ask the animal the question, you go into silence, allow at least five seconds of silence. If at the five-second mark, you've not gotten an answer back from the animal, chances are you just missed it. It came in so fast, you probably just missed it. So all you need to do at that step is just re-ask. Animal, I probably missed your answer. Please repeat. They'll repeat. We humans in conversational dialogue repeat things to each other all the time if we don't get something or don't understand something. So asking for a repeat, no big deal. Does this make sense? Mary? Yeah, yeah you, I lost you for a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. We've got a thunder, lightning, slash hailstorm going on right now. Going? Yep. Yeah. So you're coming in and out like I get a little bit and then there's nothing and then you come back in. So I'm like, okay, oh, how do I'm sorry. That would be the okay. phone. Um, I mean, I'm on a landline, a cordless, but that would be the hailstorm we've got right now. Um, did you hear the part about... Asking the animal question, going into silence for five seconds. Yes. And if at the end of five seconds you don't get an answer, you ask the animal to repeat the answer. That's the part I missed. Okay. Okay. So, ask yeah. And repeat. did you okay. get the part where I said, I believe every communication student can do at least a quarter second of silence because we naturally do it between the breaks in our thoughts anyway? Yes. I okay. got that. Excellent. That's really key to know because it, it tells you, oh, I already can create silence in my mind. What you yeah. don't need to do is be a phenomenal meditator and be able to meditate for a minute or longer. Okay? You don't need to be a meditator beyond five seconds or longer in order to do animal communication. Okay? It's not a requirement. It's great and it's helpful, and some people utilize meditation as a way of helping them practice the silence, but it's not required to be that long. 
okay? Okay. All right, so let's go ahead and do an exercise where I'm going to invite you to practice the channel of picture formation in your mind. Remember last time we talked about there's different ways people receive images and, or receive, excuse me, information from the animals. I know you tend to get a lot of feelings and emotions, and that's one channel. And visualization is another channel. We're going to practice that visualization channel because there's actually um, a time and a place for it when you're communicating with animals, which we'll talk about afterwards. But let's actually do the exercise first. Okay. So go ahead and close your eyes. Okay. Take a deep breath, and I want you to become centered. And I'm going to tell you what to visualize. Your job during this three-minute exercise is just to create visually, as clearly as you can in your mind's eye, that which I'm describing. Okay? Okay. So I want you to imagine in your mind's eye seeing a slice of cake. I want you to notice its shape. And I want you to decide its size. Decide right now in your mind's eye how big or small you want the size to be. Since you are the creator of the cake, your will gets to say its size. So let it be. Also decide now if there's frosting on your cake. And decide what color the frosting is if it's there and also decide the color of the cakes inside. Imagine now tasting the cake. See if you can feel the texture in any minute sensations of flavor. Imagine running your finger now through the frosting, if there is frosting. Can you feel what the cake feels like? Now, take this entire image you created, and I want you to bring it down into your heart space. You may wish to imagine it's like dropping with total ease down an elevator, and I want you to see it and feel it to the best of your ability resting there in your heart. Now imagine there's a heart space door in front of it that opens wide, and imagine sending the image of the cake to rest upon the floor in your room. As it rests there, see if you can feel your connection to the cake, which is a thought form. Thoughts do have subtle energy to them, and you know they do because A, you can see it, you can see the image, and B, you can more often than not feel its connection to you. Now bring that cake back into your heart and allow it to go out once again, but this time direct it to rest upon the wall across the way from you. And as unnatural as it may be to rest a cake against the wall, if you make it your intention to be so, it will rest there with total ease. You are the creator of this thought form. What you say goes. Now, bring the cake to go ahead and rest upon a plate that sits upon your lap. And see if you can sense it resting there. Perhaps you have tactile sensations in your legs, or perhaps you only feel the energy of its substance there. 
just notice what you can notice. Now bring the cake back into your heart space, and as it reenters your body, see if you can sense it actually re-entering. And then allow the image to disappear, and you can open up your eyes. All right, Mary. So what were you able to do as far as that exercise went? Everything? Some of it? Um, I did some of it. What part? There were, there were times where you were moving on, and I was still stuck on the image of the cake, and then I was like, oh, no, I don't know what I was supposed to do next. There were, <laughs> okay. Like no the, worries. So what uh, kind but of I was able to visualize cake icing and the texture of the cake and moving it. So, yes. Good. Could you feel it resting in your heart? Uh, not really. Okay, no worries. That over time will begin to develop for you if you were to practice this exercise on your own again in the future. Okay. okay. Um, it really only takes a lot of students just a few times and then they start to like oh yeah now I am starting to feel a sensation I didn't feel before because every time you practice this exercise um, and this might be something you'll want to practice throughout the week I mean just have fun with it it doesn't take more than a few minutes to do Um, you'll start to sense more and more because you're opening those channels of feeling seeing tasting smelling and sensing wider and wider each time you're working those muscles okay can I change the image or should I stick with the cake? Oh, no, you can change the image. Yep. Right. Yep, keep it fun for yourself because nobody wants to do anything that's boring, so make it fun. Well, I don't consider myself, you know, I've always wanted the visuals, so this also shows me that at some level I do have visual. Um, I yes, can. indeed. But. Yes, because if you, if you were to tell me I couldn't even imagine a cake, all I saw was blackness or darkness, I couldn't form anything, then that would tell me that your visual channel right now is pretty closed. I mean, it'll open over time, but so it helps me to know where you're at as well and helps you to see where you're at. Yeah. Good. So you were able to, did you have enough control you could move it down from your mind to your heart? Yes. Okay, which tells me you're able to move energy. Okay, which isn't a surprise. Just about, I think everybody I've ever worked with can move energy, so that's good. Um, were you able to feel any sort of connection between you and the cake when it was on the floor? No, that's where I really got. No, I wouldn't say disconnected, but yeah, no, I did okay. not. Okay, no worries. So again, practice and include that aspect in the future. No worries. All right, and how about smelling? Or we didn't smell. Excuse me. How about tasting the cake? Um, actually, what happened is when we got to the part of, I didn't do the taste, when we got to the part about the floor, I got distracted, and then it was, I started thinking, oh, no, I, I didn't do that, or I can't do that, so. Okay, no worries. So, this exercise, since it'll be on recording? Yes. You can change from cake to, you know, daisy, or to, you know, uh, beloved fruit that you like, or whatever you're wanting, okay, sure. or do it as a different slice of cake. Okay, okay. cool. So, where do you use visuals when you're communicating with animals? The very practical use is when you're really wanting to get across a bit of information that you really, really want them to totally get, that's when you use a visual for the animals. For example, you've got a pet cat or somebody's got a pet cat and they ask you to talk to their cat and they say, please tell my cat to stay out of the road, I don't want them hit by a car. 
as an animal communicator, one of the ways of helping the animal to understand the owner's point of view so that things ideally are prevented from you know, happening in the way that the person fears is by telling the animal, I am going to explain to you your person's point of view, and as I explain it in thoughts to you, which is all telepathically happening anyway, I'm also going to show you visuals. And you can show them the beginning, middle, and end sequence of, for example, starting out in the grass near other people's house. You can narrate, here's you on the grass, here's the image of you being happy, your people smiling behind you, you're within the vicinity of the safety zone of the property, and they so appreciate doing that. Here's now an image of you walking on the grass, crossing uh, the grassy lawn to get to the road, and now here's your people in the background being very fearful, worried, and concerned that if you go into the road at the wrong time, you're going to be hit by a car. And now, Kat, this is an image of your body being hit by a car, your spirit floating off to heaven, and here's an image of your people crying beside you. And you can no longer continue your incarnation with them in a physical-to-physical way because you've now died um, or become injured or whatever scenario you want to offer them. I always add things to the animal by saying, I'm not telling you this or showing you this to frighten you. My goal is to educate you so that you understand the perspective of your people. They want to live with you in this life in the physical body, and to have you there, they feel the need to educate you about the dangers of the road and where the safety zone is. Do you understand, Kat? Okay. Now, when you're doing a session with a person, are you saying these words out loud? Um, it depends. I'll, it depends on the, the client. If it's a client who's well-versed in animal communication, I will do that all in a very speedy way myself, telepathically. Um, I don't know if you can hear the thunder here. Um, anyway, so I'll do it quickly because I can move pretty fast in relaying that to the animal in, oh, I don't know, maybe about 15 seconds or less. If it's a person who's new to animal communication, if I sat in silence for 15 seconds, they may not get what's going on. So in that instance, I will say things out loud. So as I'm saying it to the animal, since they hear my out loud words too, I'm also letting the owner hear at the same time. So the owner knows what I'm doing. It keeps everybody on the same page. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Now, How often does one use the visuals in communicating? I personally spend the majority of my session time with a client speaking thoughts to the animals. I don't tend to use too many visuals unless there's something specific that is really important for the animal to know. Because here's the thing, when you add a visual purposely to the thoughts that you're relaying to the animal, the animal sees that picture or some version close enough to that picture that allows them clearer understanding than if you were to use words alone. Now, when you speak to the animal, if you were to do the entire session all in thoughts, your mind automatically creates images that goes along with those speaking thoughts that you're thinking to the animal. So there's already images going, but I really, really want to relay certain information. I'm going to take the time to send that image that I make personally because the animal on the other side is going to be like, whoa, wow, she's spending an awful lot of time showing me step by step about the dangers of the road. This must be really important because people don't usually think this way. Okay? Yep. It really gets their attention. Yep. Other times you want to use that, if you've got a puppy who's being potty trained, show them the beginning, middle, and end sequence. When you show images, 
you want to be crystal clear with the animal. I'm showing you here's what your person wants when it comes to that part, part in the time, you know, in the, the movie that you're showing them. And here's what your person doesn't want to happen. Okay, so you're verbalize, verbalizing, narrating, if you will, that verbiage along with those particular images. So the animal's clear. Do this. Don't do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, horse training. Horses are amazing. You, you tell the trainer this tool so they can use it themselves. Visualize the horse doing what you're about to ask them to do perfectly. Here, horse, here's a visual of what I want you to do. You ask the horse to do it, and oh my gosh, horses are amazing at often getting it right the first time. Other animals need practice at it. Some horses need practice at it. You know, your puppy, you want to potty train them. You just shorten the learning curve by showing them what you want, but it still may take some time before they actually embody the actions okay, of the process itself. Um, going to the vet, uh, if they're going to have an x-ray, I used to be a vet tech, so I know what all that looks like, and I'll show them those visuals. Here's the thing with a vet. You always want to show them, hey, we're going to the vet today, and here's what they're going to do. Vet's going to palpate you, feel your body up, etc. have an x-ray. You always want to show them the ending sequence, which a lot of people forget, which is, and they're going to bring you back to the room, I'm going to pay the bill, and we're going to drive in the car and go home they often forget the going home part, which leaves the animal hanging. So always remember the end part of the sequence. Does this make sense? Yeah. And I wouldn't, oh my, yeah. Now I I have two multi-poo pups. They're three years old. And I have tried just the visual because sometimes, you know, I've read where they said, practice getting good at sending visual messages to your pups. Now, again, I didn't go into the whole grounding everything, but I tried to get quiet and then send them a simple visual, like just calling, or not even visual, just calling their name, but not out loud. Um, And they have not, and anything I've tried, and then I've tried the visual for some simple things, I get get no response from them at all. So am I really shouldn't be doing this right now, or? Um, So it really... Don't spend too much time, energy, and effort with the visuals is what I would tell you. Spend okay. more time in the, when you're speaking to them telepathically, speak from an honest, genuine place. Don't ever try to fib to the animal because that creates muddy waters, that creates confusion because they're sensing your, they're hearing your words, but they're also sensing in the background the energy behind the words. And if it's not a vibrational match, it's not honest. You know, say you're saying to the animal, hey, animal, we're going to the vet and everything's going to be okay. And yet you've got fear in the background. Oh, that's going to confuse them, okay? You don't have to worry so much about images in that moment. Um, Practice right now on just the thoughts. Don't worry about the images. Images take time. They take longer. They take energy and effort. If I spent an entire half an hour phone session on the phone with a client and all I did was do images with the animal, I'd be plum tuckered out at the end. It takes too long. We won't be able to cover as much ground. So, yes. I've also heard different people say animals think in images, so think images back to them. Well, yeah, they do, but remember, your mind automatically creates them for you. So only take the time to slow up and show them something specific when you really need to. Okay. Okay. And understand, too, that your animals are not always going to show you physically that they're paying any attention to you. You can communicate with an animal whether they're awake, sleeping, playing outside in the yard, eating their food, or under anesthesia. Okay, um, you can communicate with them regardless. So don't worry so much about getting some sort of physical response that says, "Hey, I am paying attention to you, human being." 
Sure. You know, animals communicate with each other telepathically all the time and have from the day of their birth. So we're the only species that, you know, they have, they see a struggle with telepathy and the rest of them have been doing it naturally. So that's like 95% of the planet's been doing it naturally anyway. So they don't have trouble receiving from us. Okay. okay? They really don't. All right, excellent. So any other questions on the visualization? No, I think this is good. Okay. So the other thing is when you receive information from the animals, you want to allow that information to bubble up or to arrive to you. When you ask an animal a question, animal, animal, what's your personality like, and then you go into silence, allow whatever comes your way to be the intuitive impression that you're going to want to relay to me out loud. No matter how big or small, complex or simple, don't judge the information, just relay. Hey, Danielle, I'm getting this. Hey, I'm getting that. Okay, I see an inkling, but I don't know what it means, but this is what I see. Tell it to me anyway, okay? Because it helps you to, over time, get sensitive enough. I know we talked about this in the first class. Get sensitive enough to being able to decipher with time what the meaning actually is and sensitive enough to tell if it was your thought or a thought from the animal, and I'm going to help you decipher that. Okay? okay. So what you don't need to do when you ask an animal a question is reach for the answer. Okay? So remember last time we worked with Lyra the black cat and all her information on the questions we posed was in her energy field, and you were able to actually quite easily, from my perspective, glean that bit of information. It just arrived to you. Okay, so receiving their telepathic thoughts is no different. It's just going to be there. You're going to ask, go into silence, and boom, there it is. It pops up. It arrives. Um, If you reach for information, it will be time-consuming, hard, challenging, and you're going to wear yourself out quickly. You're going to get tired. Um, It can be done by reaching, um, but it doesn't tend to feel good. If you've ever been in conversation with another human being who is like talking with you and you really don't want to talk with them and they keep asking you question after question and out of politeness you you want to give them an answer, but you're not wanting to give them an awful lot because you just kind of want them to go away. It's like on their angle, it's like pulling teeth to get answers from you. They're reaching and you as a person who they're reaching into, it tends not to feel too good. We want our animals that we're connecting with to feel comfortable with us So we're not going to pry or reach for the information. If there's something they don't want to tell us, we won't reach for it. We'll be respectful and just say, okay, is there something else you want to talk about or is there anything around that topic you are willing to tell me? I get that sometimes with animals with their past history, especially if there's been something negative in their past that either A, they just don't want to go and stir back up, or B, they think they've gotten through that and they don't see a need to rehash it. Okay, yeah. so there, there's very many different positions there. Um, does that make sense about a letting arrive versus reaching? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and move into some animal communication today. So we're going to do some work with Franklin Turtle. Um, we're going to work with him first. He's the turtle with the full body. Okay, he's in that image. He's floating on this floating island. So both Franklin and Oliver are water turtles. They're common red-eared sliders. They're both male. They both happen to be the same age. So Franklin is about 15 years old. I've had him in my life since he was three years old. And he is living here with me. 
so he's definitely alive. He's here in, in my house, and I can see him from here. <laughs> so go ahead and take a deep breath and drop down in order to be centered, and tell me when you're there. Okay. And I want you to call his name a couple times silently in your head, and then immediately afterwards go into silence in order to see if you can sense him being aware of you. Okay, great. And I'm just going to check in. So, Franklin, are you aware of Mary? He says, yes, bring her on. Okay, so he's ready for you. So go ahead and ask him to describe his personality. And if you've waited longer than five seconds, Mary, and you still don't feel like you've gotten much or anything, go ahead and just re-ask him to repeat it. Describe your personality, Franklin. Okay. And what intuitive impression or impressions came your way? Um, I didn't get a lot of words. I got two words. One okay. was calm and one was um, alone. They like to be alone. Okay. So Franklin is a very calm, level-headed individual. This makes sense. He's not flighty. He's not, uh, you know, everything frightens me kind of guy, so definitely calm. And yes, he does prefer to be alone in his tank, okay? Franklin and Oliver live in separate tanks side by side. Neither of them want to live with each other. So he does live alone, and that's his preference. There was the word I got, and um, I didn't repeat it because it didn't make, uh, it isn't that it didn't make sense, but from a turtle point, I got the first time around after the word calm, I got the words. I don't like to be in other people's business. And I thought, well, wait a minute, you're a turtle. You're not in other people's business. So I don't know why that came in, but that did okay. come in. So, I'm gonna, so did you say I don't like or I do like to be in people's business? No, I got that he didn't like to be in other people's business. And then when I asked for more information, like, again, I got I like to be alone. Okay, okay. 
So the I don't like to be in people's business. I'm going to check in with him. So did you say this? Okay. So that is an example of something that came from you. Okay. The being calm and the alone is accurate information that came from him. Okay? So, Mary, I want you to do your best to be brave and tell me anything and everything, even if it doesn't make sense from a turtle or any other animal's point of view, because, remember, my job is to help you start to develop that sensitivity of what's from you and what's from the animal. Okay. Okay? Why do you think... Now, what happened is when the word calm came in, and it was only Uh one word, Mm -hmm. I the first was like, okay, there's only one word I need. There seems to be more. So then that other thing came in. But, you know, when I think about it, as I said, even when it came in, it was like, well, wait a minute. This is a turtle, not talking people. So so you just have random thoughts that come through here? Is that what's going on? Yes, that's how it starts for beginners, random oh. thoughts. That's exactly what it's, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing. Remember, In an ideal situation, if you want to be a good communicator, you want to go in with no preconceived notion about who a turtle is, who and what a turtle isn't, what they'll think about, what they won't. Because if you do that, you create those blocks of anything he says that doesn't fit your points of view or beliefs. You won't be able to grasp those. So to take a deep breath again, bring yourself back down, Be in that space of peace. Be in that space of neutrality. Because within your alignment with yourself, you're in neutrality. In other words, you don't have an agenda about who this turtle is or isn't. You're just willing to listen. Your job, Mary, is just to listen. No matter how crazy, ridiculous, big or small the information seems, I want to hear it all. Okay? So going back to the word calm that came in, I want you to go back to that instant that it came in and you can do so because it's really there's no time on the other side anyway so just make it your intention to go back to the moment that it came through and i want you to see what's underneath or behind if you will that information of calm see what else is there regarding his personality i don't know how to do that all right so i'm going to teach you so i want you to relax drop down tell me when you're there Okay. Excellent. And I know you're there because I I can hear it in the tone of your voice. Um, So from that space, go back to the moment that calm came through and tell me when you're there. Okay. Now, within that information of calm, within that word, think of it like a door. The word calm is a door. And behind that door is additional information about this turtle's personality that may or may not be linked to the word calm. We're just using the word calm as a doorway back, okay? So sit there with the word calm and see what else there is behind it. Not the word thoughtful. Did you say thoughtful? Yes. Yes, this turtle is extremely thoughtful. Excellent. Now let's do it one more time. So we're still on the topic of description or describing his personality. 
So go to the word thoughtful and open that door. What's behind that? Curious. Mm-hmm. This is a very curious turtle. So I just taught a class two days ago, Saturday, here in my home, and I had five students who all surrounded the turtle tanks. And you should have seen Franklin. As soon as they all sat in their chairs, he came right to the front of the tank, and he's looking at each student one by one, giving them all a thoughtful gaze. He's extremely curious. He did not do what some turtles do, which is shy away or get nervous or freak out with the close proximity of them via his tank. Not at all. Yes, he's a very curious guy. Good. But you yeah. know what? I serious, not curious. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Curious. I, okay, I, I misheard you. So yeah. serious guy. Franklin, would you consider yourself serious? He says at times, depends on what information I'm offering you. So truth, did you tell her serious? He says she sensed it in my energy field. Okay. Okay, so in this case, you gleaned information from his energy, which indeed is accurate about this turtle, okay? So give yourself credit for that. But you definitely heard calm, and you got a loan from him. So those two were direct pieces of dialogue, okay, telepathy back and forth, and that's what we're after. Gleaning information from the energy field, there's no wrongness in it. I do it sometimes when I'm actually communicating with an animal, when they're saying something, but I, I want a bit more, and they're not just telling me the whole picture. I'll actually open up wide enough to sense the energy behind their words. So there's times when going to the energy field's great, but that's easy, and I know that's easy for you because you proved it to me last, last session when we talked with Lyra. Okay. Uh, so the word serious, though, to me came in like the word um, calm and um, thoughtful. That, like, you okay. know, when you're talking about, it didn't come in like I was reading his energy field. Like, if there's a way to determine, does that feel different when you're reading yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, with practice, you'll over time be able to tell also which you're doing. Good. You can, right now both, Mary. Yeah. you can do both, so right now you're not sensitive enough to tell which one you're doing when, okay, and don't worry, it's fine. Um, we're looking for accurate information, all of which, you know, those three words, calm, alone, and serious are all accurate, thoughtful is accurate as well. Um, he's just telling me when I check in with him, okay, did she hear that? In other words, did you say that to her, or did she get it from the energy field? And he says serious came from his energy field. Yeah, when I'm practicing on my own with an animal and I get, like, just a single word, is that what I should do is, like, think about the door and what yes. what's behind that word? Okay. It's, it's not that – I don't want to use the word sh- you should do that. It is a option. It's a okay. way of gathering more information and going deeper. When you get inf- – is it all right if I ask a sideline question? Oh, yes. When you get information at your stage now where you're getting, like, do you get full sentences, like you're getting sentences, or do you still get, like, one word and then you add sentences to it? Um, Usually I get full sentences, full thoughts, because I'm practiced enough. I've had enough experience, and, yes, so usually I get full sentences. There are still the occasion, though, I get word-word answers. 
A, because the animal sent a one-word answer. Right, Some right. animals are very short and sweet. Or B, because that's all I got, and I just need to go back through the doorway, if you will, and say, okay, I'm going back to that moment because there's got to be more there, or, hey, I can even sense there's more there. I just didn't get it in that first blip, that first try. So let me go back, and ah, there it is. Now it unfolds. Because here's the thing. The when you be- sit long enough with yes. the information, it will start to unfold bigger and wider for you. Okay, and it's through practice. When you were first starting this, mm-hmm. you got single words or you were I already? Okay. I got single words and I got single images. That's oh. all I got. Okay. Yep, and as the class went on, I mean, we were, it was an eight-hour class. As the class went on, my um, images started to morph more into moving pictures on occasion, and the words uh, were words, and I would get sometimes a word and the occasional image with it compounded together. Um, but I didn't tend to get sentences until I was practicing on my own once I was home, and I think that was a couple weeks later. And when you did it, because I, the, I love these hints, like the door that you just mm-hmm. gave, but when you were practicing on your own, was it just the sheer practicing, or did you know somehow to push yourself further <laughs> no I didn't I, I didn't know all that I'm telling you now I didn't know these tips and my teacher never told me these tips okay, um, so. what I did is I just kept plugging along I just kept I wanted this so bad and so yes. much and I yes. believed in myself so much that I was like you know what I may be you know moving at a certain rate of speed but I know it's going to snowball and it's going to get better because that's how everything goes, right? When you immerse yourself long enough in a certain energy or a certain action, change does take place. It may be subtle, it may be huge, it may be something in between, but it does take place. Even people who have been baking, they're bakers pretend, and they've been baking for 10 years. They're at year number 10. They're no longer baking in the same way they started baking at year one, even though it's the identical same recipe. Things change how they do things, how they whip the batter. Do you see what I mean? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it's been a misconception. Even though teachers have all along assured me, oh, it's fine, with practice you'll get it, it didn't in my head make sense to see how do, getting one-word images, or not images, I don't get images, but one word from an animal this week, if I'm continuing to practice, how it was going to expand into much more. And then the second part being there were always other students in my class that even though it was their first class, had stories and long sentences and visuals and the whole thing, and I'm thinking, they just started, you know, and this is what they've got. So I guess I kind of thought, Oh, that that maybe yeah that meant that I wasn't going to be able to do it just because I didn't get it no. from the beginning. Yeah, it's um everybody is independent of everybody else. Everybody's yeah. on a continuum or a spectrum, if you will, and everybody's starting place, even though they're all newbies, is in a different slot on the continuum because of past lifetimes they may have done this or not have done this or their experiences, again, in other lifetimes. You know, we've, we're 
souls who have had many different lifetimes, many different experiences, some of which have included utilizing our intuition and some of which, you know, has been more physical, mental, or emotional, or different types of experiences. So that certainly plays a role. But it doesn't matter. What I tell people is please don't compare yourself to each other or you're going to trip yourself up. You're going to drag yourself from the heart right back up to the mind, and you, you cannot do this work from the mind. You're going to get in your own way. So um, the mind likes to organize and to predict based on what it sees. And um, you, you can never tell, never tell where somebody's going to end up. They might be on, if it, you've got a continuum of 1 to 10, they might be in place continuum uh, number 8 of 10, whatever 8 means. And they seemingly start out as a very strong student, but they never get beyond that. Where somebody starting at continuum number 4 may end up accelerating over time and going all the way to a 9 or a 10. Sure. So you can never tell. So don't don't let your mind try to talk you into different scenarios of what ifs, what ifs. Let's just work with you and your process and see what happens. Well, I think as my teacher, just so I let you know, I need these specifics. It's like I need that. I used to teach first grade, and I liken this to teaching reading. You have children that from the get-go just know how to read. They just mm-hmm. do. Uh, and you have others that you painstakingly have to show them every phonic, every rule, every whatever. And but once they put it together, then they're fluent. You know, then they've got it. And I think right now for me, it's my last couple classes especially because the information really wasn't that new to me, but I felt like I wasn't making progress. And the teacher very kindly was saying, "Oh, just keep trying, just keep trying." I do need those specifics, just so you know. So okay. even the door, when you first said it, I'm like, the door. But it does help. It does. So thank absolutely. you. Really. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's go back to Franklin. So I want you to take another deep breath, drop down. Let me know when you're there. Okay. And I will tell you this. Franklin sees himself as a teacher. Ask Franklin, in what way, Franklin, are you a teacher? And if it's been more than five seconds, re-ask and tell me what you get. I didn't get anything at first. Then I got the words, I love to show but I can't tell you that that's not coming from me. Okay, so it is coming from him. So I want you to go back to I love to show and ask him, you love to show what? Have him finish that sentence. 
I got I love to show you how to, but I didn't get anything else. Okay, good, good. So see that snowball effect is happening already. You're getting more attached to it. So great. So go back and ask him another time, one more time. You love to show how what. Ask him to finish the sentence. got the words get information okay good so what he's doing is trying to relay that I like to show people how to do this work how to communicate and how easy it can be to talk with a turtle he sees himself as co-teacher when he teaches this with me okay he doesn't see me as you know the primary teacher and him the secondary or the you know teacher's assistant he sees it as equal par and he is your teacher in this moment too so you got three quarters of that thought so well done okay so well, the thing that you brought up before that it just hit me now you know I worked yesterday when I was going through your replay a lot on the section about um, preconceived notions and tying into that very strongly and mm-hmm. see that that came into play here because okay. I don't, didn't think of it actively, but once it came out, part of my, even though it came out, and I told you, you know, when it came out, I didn't hide that or anything, in the back of my head it was like, but this is a turtle. Why would a yeah. turtle be saying this? Okay, so good. And that's good for you to see for yourself because that's one of the ways we as new ACers or even where you're at, uh, me now, that will sometimes happen, and that's a zero in an ah. Uh, interesting now i can see i have a point of view about turtles okay which remember in order to get clear on something you first have to identify what the issue is or what the block of the problem is so now you know what the block was for that particular bit of information from franklin and now you can say to yourself in the future ah I have this point of view. I may not have this point of view in 10 seconds from now, but in this second I have it. And the, what you can do with that current point of view since it did show up for you is say, oh, I've got this point of view, and I want to let it go now, and or I'm going to put it up on a shelf, and I'll take it back later, you know, after I'm done communicating with him. But now it's so important to me to hear anything and everything this being has to say to me. I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to hear you, Franklin, that I'm not going to put any you know, now that you know that one, known blocks in my path. Yes. Yes. And that's what part, that's what it was. Yeah, Yeah. so good. Yay. It's those times when you don't know what the block is, Mary, that it's sometimes extra frustrating. Because if you don't know what it is, you can't work around it, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, because what happened when I got to the second part where I want... I want to show you, or it was the, the second show, how to, 
I remember them thinking, how to, what is this turtle going to show me how to? I mean, seriously, I didn't want to think that, but that's the thoughts that flew through. So then I ended up realizing I was back in my head. So when good. I I dropped into my heart, I'm just telling you my process. I dropped yep, into the heart. this is good. And that's when Get Info popped up. Nice. Oh. Nice. Good. So you were able to complete the communication when you dropped back down because you see yeah. it was there waiting for you. He wanted you to know it so bad it was still there, available. Our animals want to help us. They want to help us get them, to hear them fully. So they're going to be working with us. And he has worked with beginners since, well, since I started teaching in 2008. He's been talking with me since 2005. Um, so he knows what he's doing, and he's very good at it. So he's going to always be holding that information there for you to review if you need to. Okay? okay? And it's good that you are able to verbalize the process of going up and down, up and down, from the heart to the mind and back and forth. Um, because as you do that, again, you do that so many times and then things change because the snowball effect always happens and you're going to be eventually like, hmm, I'm not going to do that anymore. And it's going to naturally start to shift away and you won't be up in your mind nearly as much, if at all. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing how fast I slipped up back up to my, I mean, I just slipped out of it all, out of, I thought I was in the whole communication zone or whatever, but here, I, I mean, I didn't even realize I was making judgments. So. Okay. No worries. You did eventually realize it, and that's awesome. All right. So next question for him. So drop down. Let me know when you're there. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you to purposely feel Franklin's energy. You don't need to get, glean any information from it. I just want you to feel him. And let me know when you do. Okay. All right. So now our next question, and you can remain in feeling with him too. That's going to happen naturally anyway at this point. So next question, I want you to ask him, Franklin, how smart or simple-minded are you? Where are you on that intelligence spectrum? Uh, Quite smart. Yes, he is. This is a very smart guru kind of guy. He's very, very wise. Okay, good. Yeah, the word selfish came through too. The word selfish you got, you mean? Self-assured. Self-assured. Ah, that describes him as well. If you were to see this turtle in person, people are always amazed. They're like, my God, that is like the most confident turtle I have ever seen. (laughs) She is (laughs) self-assured. And you see it physically, and yes, if you talk with him, you'll hear it from him. You'll sense it. Good. So go ahead now and get a sense of where on the continuum is he? Is he a new soul, old soul, or something in between? I would say old soul. Yes. Now, how did that come through? That was a knowing. That didn't come through like a word. It was just a knowing, which is very hard for me with knowings because I never know if the knowing is from my own head or not. Okay. When I say a knowing, just, actually, it was just like the 
um, intelligence. It was like since the work that I had done previous and the other questions, that was like already just sitting there as knowledge. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. So that tells me your sense of knowing channel is open as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So go ahead and ask him about some of his favorite foods and tell me everything you get as you get it. What immediately popped up before you even stopped talking was um, fish. Yes. Yes. And how did that come through as a word, an image? I've got to think back. Um, not an image for sure, a word. Okay. It came through a word. Good. So um, just a few months ago, he was living with feeder fish guppies, which were food for him. He also has dry pelleted food, and the first ingredient is fish meal, salmon. Okay? So good. He loves fish. So go back and ask him, what other kind of foods do you like? Let me tell you, this guy likes variety. The word lettuce came in. Yes. Every morning I give him and the other turtle lettuce. It's a romaine lettuce. Most of it's green. Some of it's purple red leaf lettuce. Good. So go back again and ask him, and what other vegetables and fruits do you like? Carrots. Yes, he loves his carrots. Now, how did that come through? Um, that did not come through... I can't tell you. It didn't come through as an image. It was a knowing because when it came through, I was like, it can't be carrots. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Why? Okay. Which would would tell you you're back in your mind commenting on the knowingness that came through. Yeah. It did not come through as strong. The lettuce, again, the lettuce, like, came through really, and the fish came through immediately. And, of course, you know, and the whole knowing thing, fish and turtles would make sense. The lettuce would not make sense, but it, but it did. You know, it came through pretty loud. The carrots did not come through like that. It just came through as like a knowing, like carrots. So, okay, yeah. no worries. And you were brave enough to tell me anyway, and in this case it's correct. Well done. Now, the reason why the carrots may not have come through as strong as the lettuce is you might have had a touch of your thought involved there thinking, oh, I doubt that. That's it, yep. Okay. Totally. Actually, I'm like, turtles don't eat carrots, so. So this turtle loves carrots, and they're actually very good (laughs) for him. Mm -hmm. So I want you to go back to the carrots information, and I want you to ask him, how do you prefer your carrots prepared? A certain cut in a certain way, or soft versus crispy, or just see what he says. Um, I saw little slices. Yes. I slice them very thinly in little coin shapes. If I am taking them from a, a, um, a little baby carrot, you know, finger-sized baby carrot, so I'll do that. I will also shave them on the side with a potato peeler, and I'll give it to him in a long string, okay? He also loves them cooked, whether it be boiled or steamed, and then cooled down so they're soft. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, I only saw the coin-shaped little parrots. Which is the the most common way I give it to them because it's quickest and easiest for me. Okay, good. So go ahead and back, and we're going to end with seeing if you can get two bits more of information regarding food. So ask them, what other kind of fruits or vegetables do you like? I got apple. He loves apples. Good. I slice those super thin for him as well and give him the white flesh inside. I don't give him the skin. That's correct. And one more piece of info. I'm just saying it even though I don't believe it. (laughs) Okay. Yay. That's what I want. I got cucumber. Okay, so you're very close. I give him zucchini. Okay. Now, how did that come through? It came through as when you asked me, okay, let me think back. When you asked me to ask again about a a fruit or vegetable, actually it came through before apple, and I I knew I was going to tell you, but I just had to get up enough courage. (laughs) And it came through word pretty strong actually and immediate was fast so yeah all right so sometimes what will happen is I I once let me give you this example sometimes everything doesn't come through um, in the way that it is in the real world for example um, I talked with a dog once in my early years of doing AC work and the dog kept saying I love the freezer pops my person gives me he kept insisting his person would give him freezer pops. They were cold and they were hard. And the owner says, and I was getting the word freezer pops, right? So the owner says, oh, I know what he's talking about. Every night we give him frozen yogurt out of this, um, it's specifically dog frozen yogurt from our freezer. The dog called them freezer pops. That's what he defined them as. The owner calls it frozen yogurt. But it's the same thing. We're reading the same energy, but we're labeling it different. Okay, so on occasion that will happen. Um, so he gets green, um, uh, green-skinned zucchini that I slice for him, and um, that is similar to the cucumber. Okay, oh. he also gets, in case any of this you know came through in a blip, he loves watermelon. Um, yeah, does that's... not like blueberries. He loves oh. cantaloupe. You know that orangey color flesh stuff. Um, yeah. What else? He loves bananas and strawberries. I call him my banana man because he loves those and strawberries so much. Vegetables, he gets Brussels sprout leaves. Um, What else? He gets things I can't think of right now. He gets a whole slew, whole variety of different fruits and vegetables. Yeah, it Um, was very quiet um, other than the apple and the cucumber. Okay, okay, cool. All right, so here's the thing. You don't need to know anything about an animal in order to talk with them. 
pretend it's like you're interviewing a being, you've, an alien you've never met before. You don't know anything about them. You're going in with a blank slate, and your job is to listen, to listen and relay, listen and relay. It's not to listen, judge, and relay. It's just to listen to spirit, because, right, this, is, this turtle is a spirit. You and I are spirit. We just happen to have bodies. He happens to be in a four-legged body. We happen to be in a two-legged body. No big deal. This turtle is wiser than I am. He's an older soul than I am. Um, not that it matters. It's just the point of view that we never know until we're in there who we're speaking with. Yeah. <laughs> All right. As we, before we part ways, do you have any last-minute questions? No, no, this has been extremely, wow, this has been extremely helpful. Oh, my goodness, I can't even begin to tell you how helpful. It, it just has. Um, Excellent. It's that detail that I needed to, um, to move forward, really. Good. Well, you will get plenty of it with me because I'm naturally wired to offer details. Good. <laughs> Ah, so it's all good. So let's go ahead and thank Franklin for his assistance, and he was a wonderful teacher. He was. was. (laughs) Very good. And as I tell with all my students, Franklin, not all my animals, but Franklin is one. He's chosen to be a teacher in this lifetime, so you are welcomed, whether I'm present or not, to tune into Franklin any point in your life to ask him anything. Okay. I really liked him. I, I really, when we got to the, these last questions, I got stuck on the, at first on the fact of, wow, I never thought of a turtle being wise, but this is a wise turtle. This is really yeah, cool. <laughs> Which yeah. I know, again, here's those, you know, opinions. You've got to not be emotional about it. So that's why I tried to stop all the, oh, I really like this turtle. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, you're an emotional being and I'm an emotional being. And there, there are times, Mary, where I'm like, wow, that's really neat what I just heard. And I'm in reaction, too, which, you know, being excited, you know, is a natural part of our soul. So don't think that, you know, excitement's bad. It's not. It, it, you know, it's just that if we want to be in easy communication, we do have to, after the excitement, say, okay, okay, now i got to take a deep breath, drop again and go on to the next question, knowing sure. that every question is independent of every other question. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy your practice for the week. Practice with Franklin if you want. You know, practice with your own animal family. Um, you remember, and if you get a bit of information from them, you could just ask them the open-ended question, hey, what do you want to tell me right now? Whatever they tell you, is what they want you to know in that moment. So don't worry about, oh, I got nobody here to confirm whether I heard it was right. Just listen. Practice the art of listening. And then go back to that bit they gave you and see what's underneath it. Open that door. Okay. Okay? That's your practice for the week if you want to do something that's non-homeworky, <laughs> but it's still practice. Well, and I bought your book, that history book, too. I thought if I had time, I would practice a couple of those animals, too. Yeah, you certainly can do that as well. Yep, definitely. Okay. All, All right. right. So much. Have a great week. All right. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.